Right, Lord, thank you for for this morning. Thank you that we're here. I'm glad to be here. Lord, I'm asking you, Lord, to just um, speak something to us. And I trust today there's, there's there's bound to be some folks here that need some direction, and uh, they need to know what to do. They're or maybe they're facing decisions and things like that ahead of them. I don't know. With with the simple word you've given me this morning, I can't help but think that uh, someone's sitting here that's got some choices uh, to make. And and so, Lord, um, give us the wisdom just to ask you what we're supposed to do. And uh, and Lord, be may we be able to hear. And once we know what it is you'd have us to do, may we be faithful and obedient, God, to do what you've uh, set before us. Uh, God, just animate me in some way, anoint me to be able to speak this word, and and uh, may we just hear it. Hear, hear, may we hear what you would have us to hear. And I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. <clears throat> Let's see. I want you to open your Bibles to First um, Samuel chapter thirty. First Samuel chapter thirty. got a few verses that I've been meditating on uh, the past few weeks. In fact, I've been meditating on these verses for going on four weeks now. It's been almost, it's been almost, it's been a good three weeks, maybe four weeks. And the strange thing is, as I've been, as I've been meditating on these verses, the Lord, the Lord has uh, allowed me to use them. It's almost like people would come up to me needing something, and I'm sitting there thinking, and I'll give them the same verses that I've been meditating on all week. The verses that I've been meditating on, one of them is found in, in Psalms 37, and you don't have to go there. I, I mean, I, I sent you to, to 1 Samuel there, but just listen to this for a moment. It's that one that says that a man, uh, a man may plan in his heart, but the Lord directs his steps. Have you heard that verse before? You know, a man may uh, may make plans in his heart, but uh, the Lord directs his steps. Man, I've been meditating on that verse, and uh, on one hand, I'm sitting there hoping. I'm, my hope is is that I hope what's on my heart is something that the Lord has put upon my heart. That's what I that's what I truly wish. I want my heart to be in tune with the Lord's heart, and whatever He wants me to do, I want to be able to do. I want to be able to do that. I know there's scripture that talks about how the heart of man is deceptively wicked. Oh, who can know it? So I know that a lot of times I may operate out of selfish motive, selfish ambition, covetous want, all those type of things. I'm sure I'm just as guilty as as anybody. But um, my prayer is is that the Lord would be the one, that my heart would be in tune with the Lord and, and the things that my heart desire are the same things that the Lord would desire and then, and then He would direct my steps and how to get to those things. But there's other ways to looking at that verse. Uh, you know, with, with the heart man makes his plans, but may that plan doesn't necessarily mean that's the direction that the Lord would want you to go. And so with your heart you make these plans and oh, sometimes you think, ah, it's, it's bound to be God's will. I mean, it's got Jesus all over it. It's got ministry and everything else attached to it sometimes. And so sometimes we just automatically assume that it's got to be of the Lord, but not always. 
things. Not always is it that way. And so with our heart, we may make plans, but then God changes that plans and directs us into another step. I'm thinking of a Paul, for instance, when, you know, there was a time when Paul had this idea. He had this, this uh, uh, dream, if you would, that he wanted to go to Asia and, and share the gospel. And he asked the Lord a couple of times even. That was his desire to go to Asia. And in both times, the Lord told him no. And I'm sure when Paul had that desire to go to Asia, it had to have been something he thought, this is bound to be what God wants me to do. He's, he's the one who's given me this desire this, this, uh, this, this, uh, to share the gospel and everything. But both, on both of those occasions, the Lord said, no, you know, you, you, you're not going to Asia. And so while he's sitting there, that's when he receives the Macedonian call, you know, and he sees a vision from a man from Macedonia. And, and in that vision, he says, come, can, come and help us. That's a calling right there, is it? I mean, sometimes the Lord does stuff like that. That Macedonian call, you just see someone, they're standing there and they say, come, come, help us. Man, keep your ears open for things like that. God calls you that way. Sometimes you don't even know what direction you're heading next, but all of a sudden there will be a call that comes up and says, hey, we need you over here. Hey, can you help us over here? Job doesn't pay anything, but, but, but this is where you're needed over here. Sometimes that's the way things go. We have some kind of a desire in our heart, but it's not necessarily a bad thing, but God has a way of just separating good things even from even better things. You know what I'm saying? You would think going to Asia, to share the gospel would have been an excellent thing. Oh, you know, yeah, and it's going to make it. It's going to make it that way. But at that moment when Paul had that desire to go, they said, no, that's not for you. That's not where you're going this time. Rather, you're going to go over here to Macedonia. So I think of things like it. Think about those verses for a moment. You know, what, what is it that's on your heart right now? And just ask God, Lord, what is it you want me to do? You know, and ask the Lord, uh, what am I supposed to do? And just ask Him, Lord, to, to direct my steps. Show me the way. And, and, if you, and in order to follow, in, in order to be in step with Him, you're going to have to be following after Him. You know, you can't be out in the lead, but that whole desire, take up the cross, follow me kind of business, all of a sudden uh, takes into play. And then there's another verse that's in Proverbs chapter 16 that says, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Amen? You've heard that verse before. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Well, I was sharing this with Lisa the other day, and she said, well, are you a good man? And I, uh, well, maybe, <laughs> maybe that's my problem. I don't know. No, I got, I'm a sorry man, you know, that sort of thing. But the Lord, but the, the, the steps of a good man are, are ordered by the Lord. And so, man, I want God to order my steps and everything. And so I'm going to the Lord and I'm just seeking Him. I said, God, what is it? I'm, what is it? That, what burden are you laying upon my heart? I want, I want to be in sync with what you'd have me to do. And then the crazy thing about that is, over the past few weeks, I've had people that be, uh, Lisa shared with you about Ladarius's job search and all of that kind of stuff. I shared those same exact verses with him. And there's been other opportunities. People were asking. They they were they were seeking direction from the Lord. They were asking the Lord for certain things or uh, what they should do. They're sitting there sometimes clueless about what they do. And I hear I go, I go to them and I said, just ask the Lord. Ask God. Ask the Lord. Trista had a similar thing uh, open up to her this past week where someone came to her and inquired, asked her about going to their school, teaching at a different school in a different town. And she didn't know what to do. And I said, well, if they came asking you, you're going to have to kind of pursue it out. You at least got to, uh, you at least got to look at it and see if it's for you or not. How are you going to know unless you, unless you check it out? So I gave her the advice to just, just 
track it out as far as it'll go, you know, and, and if you'll know if it's supposed to be where you're supposed to go or not. Well, she tracks it out. When she gets to the end, she ends up not getting the job. And she was grateful for not getting the job, but she was felt good about it because she at least tracked it out to the end to see if that was something the Lord would have her to do or not. And she received the word that it was. And she's very, very happy to go back to where she was. But my advice to her, the morning she had her interview, I'm on the phone you know, with her and I've said, I just said to just ask God what He would have you to do. Just ask Him. Amen? Ask Him and He will show you what to do. You know how we know this is true? Because the Spirit of God dwells in us. He gives us counsel. He's supposed to be our counselor. Amen? Counsel means that He gives you the, he, tell, he, he gives you counsel upon where to go. There's Scripture that says He'll tell you when to go right. He'll tell you when to go left. I trust things like that. As if you're listening to the Lord He'll guide you in, in, in His Word. His Word will begin to speak to you and all of a sudden you, it'll begin to move you. And there's some things like, okay, should I take a job in Jefferson? Well, it, you can't say look up Jefferson in your concordance and see, where, see what, the, what the Lord... But there's principles here, you know, that the Lord uses in things. And so, But the Spirit of God in us, He is our counselor. He shows us what to do. He opens up the Word to us. And if we're in... And if we're following after Him and He's the one who is directing our steps, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God in us, when we go to Him and ask, here's the guarantee thing, He is going to tell you. He's going to show you what to do. Amen? And so when we pray, we just wait for the answer. That's the hard part. Sometimes we'll pray and we won't wait. <laughs> you know, We'll pray and then go do what we want to do and think that's the answer. No, see, there's always the waiting. You pray, then you wait. <laughs> you pray, then you wait. And then the Lord begins to show you and unfold things in front of you so that you know that you're on the right track. There's a verse here. That verse I give to you. Look in 1 Samuel chapter 30. 1 Samuel chapter 30. Uh, verse 8. Look at this. And I picked this one because in just a moment we're going to go to uh, Joshua. And that's just a little bit, a, a few pages to your left. But right here, I picked this verse out because it's, it's, uh, it's close to where I want us to end up here in a little bit. But there's all kinds of examples in Scripture where the people of God, uh, people will go to the Lord and ask them, ask God what they would do, what, what they should do. In, in 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 8, it says, And David inquired at the Lord. You see that? He's asking the Lord, saying, Shall I purpose after this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, Pursue, for thou shalt surely overtake them without fail, recover all. That's an instance right there when the, where the man of God goes to God before he makes a move, before he does anything, he says, what should I do? Should I go after them? The story here is that story of Ziglag. That's the story where uh, David and his men David and his men are off to battle or whatever it is. And as they're riding back home, as they're going back home, off in the distance, they see smoke rising off of Ziglag and it's the, they realize that their, their homes are there, their homes are burning, the enemy has come in, and, and ransacked their homes, stole all their livestock, uh, their families, their children, their wives, and all of these kind of things. While they were off away, the enemy stuck in and destroyed the city, taking their families and everything. Well, they get there, and uh, they're mad at David. They're ready to stone him. They're ready to kill him. Isn't that the way that works, though, sometimes? The very people you love, the very people you, you're sacrificing for and, and, 
and all of that kind of thing. They're the very first ones. As soon as things go wrong, they're blaming you and, and, and wanting to take you out and kill you and stone you and everything. But they're mad at David. David doesn't know what to do. But before he does anything, he goes to the Lord and he says, Lord, should I go after them? Should we pursue after them? Even in, even in his... Uh, even in his sorrow and even even maybe in anger and all these kind of things he might have felt, he inquired of the Lord before he did anything. And, and he says, and then the Lord says, Pursue, thou shalt surely overtake them, and without fail, recover all. And sure enough, though he did what the Lord told him to do, and, and he prevailed. Isn't that wonderful? I promise you, if we do the same thing, if we go to the Lord and ask Him before we move, before we do anything, say, Lord, is this your will? Is this what you want us to, me to do? Am I supposed to do this? Or no? <laughs> you know. And then just wait on Him. He'll answer you. Do you believe that? There's, there's, there's passages of Scripture. There's other places that supports the same kind of a, a, a thought. Now, I want you to turn over to, to Joshua chapter 7 for a moment. The problem is, there's also uh, instances in Scripture where they don't ask God before they jump off and do anything. And this is where we always mess up. Well, you're turning to Joshua chapter 7, and that's just to your left. We were in 1 Samuel. You go to your left, there's the book of Judges, and right before that you'll be in, in, in uh, Joshua. Listen to this verse I'm going to read to you out of Psalms. This is Psalms 106, beginning in verse 10. It says, And He saved them from the hand of Him that hated them, and redeemed them from the hand of the enemy. And the waters covered their enemies. There was not one of them left. Then believed they His words. They sang His praise. Now you've got to keep in mind, I'm reading something to you out of the Psalms. I know you're in Joshua. I'm reading to you out of the Psalms. I'm, I'm making my way that way. But they're, he, they're, this song is a praise. They're singing praise for all the work that God, you know, all the things that God has done for them, the miracles and everything that God has done for them. The waters covered their enemies, and they and they were not one of them left. And they believed in His words, and they sang His praises. But then listen to these next couple of verses. They soon forget, forgot His works, and waited not for His counsel. Man, you hear what they're saying there? Here, at one moment, they're praising Him for the victories and all of that kind of thing. And then something happens to where they lose sight of all of that. And it says they forget His works, and they wait not for His counsel, but lusted exceedingly in the wilderness and tempted God in the desert. And He gave them over. Uh, he gave them. He sent leanness into their souls. Um, this, this verse here, they forget, they forgot His works, and they waited not for his counsel. See, not only are there examples in Scripture of people who go to the Lord and they ask the Lord what to do, and then he answers their request, they wait upon him, they answer, and then they do what he says. There's also examples in Scripture where they don't wait on his counsel. They don't even bother asking what they're supposed to do. And in this situation right here, it says they waited not for his counsel, the counsel of the Lord. The counsel they don't they don't go and and seek counsel from the Lord of what they should do. 
And he, as a result, brings leanness into his soul. I think this evening, if you come back this evening, I'm going to talk about what it means to have leanness in the soul. But it's one of the consequences that happens by not waiting upon the Lord, by not listening and hearing his counsel. In Joshua, where you're at right now, in the book of, in the book of Joshua, there's a few instances here in Joshua that I want to point out to you. Joshua chapter 7. Joshua chapter 7. And... Uh, you know the you know the, you know the story of Joshua. Moses Moses has passed. Joshua is now leading the the people of Israel into the Promised Land. And no sooner they get into the Promised Land, they 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 face Jericho. Jericho is a huge fortified city, an enemy, an enemy, a fortified city. It's a huge city. The Lord tells them how to overtake the city. And you know the Battle of Jericho thing. Each 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 day they get out there for seven days. They make one lap around the city once a day for seven days, and on the seventh day you know they go seven times around the city and they blow the horns and everybody shouts and the wall comes down and they give they the people of god the people of israel make a have a huge victory one of the greatest miracles in this in the scripture a tremendous victory is given to them but the very next verses the very next the next town they come to is a little place called ai you remember the story a little place called ai Joshua sends a few people over to check out AI. They come back and say, oh, this place is it's an insignificant little spot. There's not, there's not much there. We ought to, this ought to be a cakewalk for us. But we don't need the whole army. Just send over a few thousand of us. Send over a few thousand troops. They go over there and face the, this, this, this handful of, uh, with a few troops. And guess what happens? They get whipped. <laughs> they are sent running with their tails between their legs. And they all of a sudden, they, they, don't, they go, what happened? And they go to the Lord and they say, what happened? <laughs> what, what happened? And well, the problem was this time they didn't go to the Lord. Whereas before, he said, go around, you know, march around it once a day for seven days. On the seventh day, go around seven times. At the seven, after the seven times around, blow the trumpets, shout, and the walls will come down. Man, they had such a tremendous victory. They were just just assuming that God was still with them. And that's one of the dangers that we run into is that we automatically assume we can have a victory. God can demonstrate His power for us. We can see a miracle take place. We think God is on our side. And we think just because that's the way it was in one instance, we ought to be able to turn around and do the whole thing over again without going back to Him again and saying, hey, should we do this or no? Is this something you want us to do or no? And uh, the problem was is that the Lord had given them instructions that nobody was to take any of the spoils from the war you know there was no booty anything was supposed to be everything was supposed to be destroyed nothing was supposed to be left somebody takes something of value hides it under their tent you know and and joshua was not even aware of this nobody is aware of this at the time they're just assuming god is with us and i'll tell you what folks i i, I think i have made some of my biggest mistakes in life some of the biggest errors I have ever made is me just running off just assuming that God is with me. Only to find out later God had nothing to do with it. I got myself into this mess. And what do we do when we get ourselves in the mess? We go to the Lord and say, oh, what happened? <laughs> what, well, how did this all happen? And that's exactly what takes place here. In chapter 7, they, they don't inquire of the Lord before they go into battle. They only inquire of the Lord after they get their, their, their tails whipped. Then they go to the Lord and what they're asking is what went wrong. But you look up here in, in, uh, in chapter 7, verses... 
let's start here in verse 10. It says, And the Lord said unto Joshua, Get thee up therefore, lest thou, lest thou thus upon thy face. Then he's sitting there crying. <laughs> you know, what happened? You know? Israel hath sinned. God's telling him, here's the problem. Israel has sinned and they have transgressed my covenant which I commanded them. For they have even taken of the accursed thing and have also stolen and dissembled also. And they have put it even under their own, their own stuff. Therefore the children of Israel could not stand before the enemies, but turned their backs before their enemies because they, were accur- because they were accursed. Neither will I be with you anymore except you destroy the accursed from among you. Up! Sanctify the people and say, Sanctify yourself against tomorrow, and thus saith the Lord God of Israel, There is an accursed thing in the midst of thee, O Israel, thou canst not stand before thine enemies until ye take away the accursed thing from among you. See, the problem was they just assumed upon the Lord. They they had one tremendous victory. They just thought it was going to carry over into the other thing, but they were disobedient unto God. If Joshua, if they would have come to the Lord and asked him, Lord, how about Ai? Should we take Ai? If they'd have asked him before they went and took it, you know what he'd have said? He'd have said the same thing he's sitting there in verse 13. Sanctify yourself. Sanctify the people. There's an accursed thing in the midst of thee. You know, that's what he would have said. He would have told them beforehand, no, there's a problem. There's something accursed. Somebody's taken something and they've hid it under their tent. And you know the process where they go to and they, they narrow it down by, by tribe and then they narrow it down by family and then they get it down and they finally figure out it's, it's, a, it's a Achan. The guy named Achan had hid something under his tent. You know, if they had done that before, the Lord would have done that before they even went off into AI. Unless you, at least you assume something like that. If he'd have said, no, there's something accursed. You need to get the accursed thing out from among you. Start your search. Here's the way you should go. Narrow it down by tribe. Narrow it down by family. He's going to take you to the place. He's going to take you to the source. There it is. Get rid of it. The accursed thing. And then he said, all right, now go take AI. You know? But because they didn't seek him, ask him beforehand, then they face all of this kind of stuff. Here's the thing. Don't assume, don't just automatically assume God's with you. You know, go to the Lord and make sure, Lord, is this something you want me to do? And if there's something wrong, he'll tell you. You believe that? He'll show you. And He'll save you from making some of these mistakes that we make all the time. Amen? Now, what I want you to do now is I want you to move on over to chapter 9. Joshua chapter 9. One of the things that the Lord told them, He told them that they were supposed to go through and not make any treaties with any other nations that were in there. And, uh, and they say, okay. <laughs> the Lord told them what to do. And here's the crazy thing. Sometimes the Lord will tell us what to do, and we'll say, okay. And then somehow we change the rules along the way, and we sit there and think, okay, well, you know, uh, this is an exception to the rule kind of a thing. But the Lord had told them as they as they as they were entering, and not to make any treaties with any of these uh, with any of their enemies. 
And so they start marching in into the promised land. They start, they start taking over. Well, one of the enemy, one of them figure out. They, they become scared. They see Israel is strong. They see that God is with them. They're seeing that they're, they're having victories wherever they go. Well, one of them gets the idea, well, instead of fight them right now, we'll trick them. We'll lie to them. We'll deceive them. And so they'll come, they come up to the Israel. They come up to Joshua. And they say, oh, well, we come from a long ways away. We're not even from this place. We're from way on the other side of things. And then they wear all their old clothes or shabby clothes and everything. They made bread. They made some bread and uh, it was old bread. They brought a bunch of... See, when we left from over there, this was fresh bread right out of the oven. <laughs> and now it's like bad bread. It's all. And so what they did was is that they lied to them and they deceived them into thinking they were somebody that they really weren't. And so they had compassion on them, I guess, or something like that. And so they folded and they actually made a treaty with these people. Never mind the fact God said, don't make treaty with anybody. Well, see, instead of believing that God was serious about this, don't make treaty with anybody, uh, you know, they look at it, well, you know, he didn't mean not to make treaty with everybody. <laughs> you know, well, there's bound to be some exceptions. And so they took upon them an exception. You know, the crazy thing about it was, it was that it was the very next group that they were supposed to go to battle with. It was their neighbors that they were, they were gearing up to go fight. And somehow they fell for the lie. They fell for the deception. They made a treaty with the enemy. Guys, listen. Don't make a treaty with the enemy. Amen? Uh, listen, the, the Lord tells us things like this all the time. You know the whole uh, be not unequally equally yoked kind of a thing? The Lord will warn you, don't become unequally yoked. A believer shouldn't go get hitched with an unbeliever. You know, you shouldn't, and it goes beyond that. The, it, it, the, 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 the scope of that is, is a lot bigger than what we, what we even think of. Don't, don't get unequally yoked with somebody. And we sit there and say, okay, well, but, uh, you know, this is a, this is a good person. <laughs> this is a good person. You know? And the Lord says, no, don't get a, yeah, but he, he's not from around these parts. You know, he's a, he's a good guy. You know, he'll, he'll be fine. I'll change him. You know, I'll change him and all that kind of stuff. But it never works out. You can hear that word and you know it's the word of God and you know it's true and you'll go about you'll go out and you'll do just the opposite of what God told you to, to not to do. And somehow you think the rules have changed just because uh, you know it's someone else or something <laughs> something good. That's how deceptive the enemy is. That's how deceptive it is. And they didn't pray asking the Lord what they should have done. And look what happens here in in Joshua chapter nine. It says verse fourteen. Joshua chapter nine verse fourteen. It says, "And the men took of their victuals and asked not counsel at the mouth of the Lord. They didn't bother asking if they should make a treaty with this group." And Joshua made peace with them and made a league with them and let them live. And the princes of the congregation swear unto them. And it came to pass at the end of three days after they had made a league with them that they heard that they were their neighbors <laughs> and, and that they dwell among them. Isn't that crazy? Now, you guys are with me here. I know I'm boring you to tears here, but I look at this. You know what? We do this stuff all the dang. We do this stuff all the time. You know, and if they would have gone to the Lord and asked, it says here they didn't go inquire of the Lord. They didn't seek His counsel. If they would, have, if they would have gone to the Lord and sought the counsel, He said, "No, they're lying to you. They're they're deceiving. This is all a trap." 
You know, the Lord says, if you, we can go to the Lord and the Lord will give you discernment. You know, amen? He, he'll give you the discernment you need. He'll give you the wisdom that you need. He'll give you the knowledge that you need. You can go to Him and ask for these things and the Lord will give you these things. And He'll tell you, no, these guys, this is a lie. This is a trick. This is not, this is not true. You know? These are your neighbors. These aren't guys from, these aren't, these aren't guys from way over there. These are your neighbors. These are the guys you're supposed to be going against, not the guys you're supposed to be making treaty with. You're not supposed to be making treaty with anyone. And we go out and make treaty with them all, all, all the same. If they'd have just asked. You know, there's times we come into situations and we just want to believe the best. You know, we think, oh, God, it's bound to work or something like that. It's bound to be different. I know what the Word says, but I, this is bound to be something other. You know, never quite works out that way, does it? Never does. But if we just ask, the Lord say no. And then the thing about it is, if He tells you no, don't do it. Don't do it. And it'll save you a lot of misery, a lot of misery down the road. These guys fell for the trap, fell for the deception, and it cost them, cost them dearly. One more in Joshua. Look in Joshua chapter 13. Joshua chapter 13. <clears throat> Joshua chapter 13 verse 1 says, Now Joshua was old and, the, and was stricken in years, and the Lord said unto him, Thou art old and stricken in years. It's good to be reminded of that, isn't it? And there remaineth yet very much land to be possessed. Now here's the point right here. Joshua didn't get it all done. Um, you know, they kind of they stalled out a, a few times along the way. And uh, they were supposed to go in and possess the land and conquer the land. And they've allowed certain... Uh, they, they've allowed uh, other people to exist in there. They didn't, they didn't finish the job. You know, let me just tell you this. There's, God's got a calling on your life. He's got a ministry for you to perform. There's a task that He's placed before you. You know what? We've got a race to run. Amen. You've heard, you've heard like the Apostle Paul compares this life to a race. Do you know that dying is not necessarily reaching the goal? You know what I'm saying? Die. A lot of people think, well, when I die, I reach the goal. No. <laughs> you could die short of the goal. You see? There could be things that God has for you to do and things for you to accomplish before you die. And if you die before you get there, that goes undone. You see? And so if you, you can fall short of the goal. You can fall short of what God had in store for you. And, and, you, and when you die, you're still going to go to heaven and all that kind of stuff. But what God gave you to do on this earth, you can die before the goal is even reached and all this stuff gets undone. Every time you start, stop, start, stop, start, stop, start, stop, or stop, sit, let years pass by sometimes before you get up and start going again. Let me tell you, your life's still going to end. And it's going to end much of the time way short of, of the goal in which God had for you to, things that He had for you to do to accomplish. You're going to die before you reach that goal. This is what Joshua did. He gets to the end and, he, and the Lord tells him, You're old. <laughs> You're old. And you didn't get near done everything that I wanted you to get done. 
And so he goes the rest of the time here. All these, all these enemies that they were supposed to take out and they didn't, he just allowed them to stay. And so then the Lord, if you start looking in chapter 13, you go 13, 14, 15, all these chapters here, the Lord is making boundaries. He's setting out the boundaries for all of these t- tribes. And because they didn't round, they didn't get rid of all of the uh, uh, the enemy that was in there. The enemy is now permitted to stay, and they're staying within the boundaries that the Lord has made them. Let me just say this to you too: a lot of talk right now about borders and all of that kind of stuff. I don't think there should be any borders. What are you talking about? God establishes the borders. My gosh. You allow the enemy to stay, you see, and you got to live with them. This is serious stuff. Now, look, look over with me, if you will, chapter 23. Go all the way to chapter 23. All this time, he's establishing the borders where everybody should be, and he reminds them of something. Verse 11. Chapter 23, verse 11. I still hear pages. Take good heed therefore unto yourselves that ye love the Lord your God. Else if ye do in any wise go back and cleave unto the remnant of these nations. And he's talking about those evil, those, those uh, enemy that they've allowed to stay. You cleave unto the remnant of these nations, even these that remain among you, and shall make marriages with them and go in unto them and they to you, knowing for a certainty that the Lord your God will no more drive out any of these nations from before you, but they shall be snares and traps unto you and scourges in your side and thorns in your eyes until you perish from this, uh, from this good land which the Lord your God hath given you. Amen? Holy mackerel! <laughs> and see, the whole purpose of it was the driving out the enemies before them is now they've allowed all these uh, foreign gods and foreign religions and, and uh, pagan gods and, and things that come into the mix. And, and this is where idolatry ends up getting into the, into, into the people of Israel. They're allowed to stay. And, and, and these nations that were, were supposed to have been ran out, when they weren't ran out, it later comes back to be a thorn in their flesh. A thorn in their side. It comes back later to bite them. You see? Ah, all because they didn't ask God if it was alright to stop. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's what happens. Ah, don't quit until God tells you you can quit. Amen? Don't quit. We're, we're tempted to stop all the time just for a break, but every time we stop, the things happen. There's a, here's the point of all this. Ask God what to do. If the Spirit of God is in you, which I trust it is, Seek His counsel. And the crazy thing is, all the time there's people that come up to me, God wants me to do this. God wants me to do that. And, and, and Okay. But have you asked God? Have you asked Him? Ask Him and then wait upon Him. If you ask and wait, He'll tell you. He will tell you what to do. 
And if we go to him and ask him, he'll keep you from making a whole lot of mistakes. Now here now here's the thing, that's important. I don't know about you, but um, at, at this stage in my life, I can't afford to make any more mistakes. You, you know? I've already made enough. I'm going to have to kick up the pace just to make it <laughs> to accomplish all the things I'm supposed to accomplish till I get to the end. You know? Oh, I'm going to have to kick it up and kick it up a gear just so I can get a little closer to the goal before my time runs out. It's not a time to slow down. It's a time to, 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 to start moving. You know? And uh, at this point in my life, I, I, don't, I, I don't have that luxury. I can't, I can't. Every mistake I make cost me years. It cost me years. I don't have that. You know? And my guess is you don't either. So go to the Lord. I don't know. I'm, I am taking. I am. I am believing this. There are people sitting here today who needed to hear this message. Maybe you're making your own plans, doing your own things, assuming upon the Lord, just guessing it right. You know, dumb. Well, and and you haven't asked Him, or you're off doing what you want to do without inquiring if that's what He even wants you to do in the first place. Maybe you're at some kind of crossroads in your life and there's important decisions you have, you have to make here. And, and listen, if, if you screw this up, it's going gonna, it's gonna to cost you years. It's going it's to be expensive, you know. And so the Lord give us wisdom. We want, to be, we want Him to put the dream into our hearts. We want Him to, and we want Him to guide our steps and direct our steps and get us where we're supposed to be. <laughs> you know, when we're supposed to be there doing what we're supposed to be doing, when we're supposed to be doing it. And the steps of a good man are direct, and this includes the ladies, everybody. The steps of a good man are, are, are ordered by the Lord. Take those verses and believe and meditate on them and believe them and say, God, where do what do you want me to do? And then and then let him tell you. And and then when he tells you, you do it. You don't say, Oh no, that ain't <laughs> that ain't it. I'll wait for another word to come. <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll I'm I'm I might I might go to somebody else for advice. You know, you can keep going until you find somebody to tell you what you want to hear, you know. But the Lord will always tell you what you need to hear when you need to hear it. Amen? You guys have any thoughts? All right. Hymn of Decision. Hymn number 411. What we're going to do, we're just going to open the altar. And, uh, and for those of you who are sitting there needing help in, in your decision making right now, you can. You, you, we'll just pray, all right, and do that. Ask God what what you're supposed to do, and I promise you, He will tell you. Okay, so let's stand. What's the song again? Four eleven. Okay, Lord, this is the, this is the invitation. We're just coming to you. We're not wanting to get ahead of ourselves. And there's some here that may have already got ahead of themselves. They jumped out there and started doing something and I didn't realize, you know, that they, maybe they didn't go to you beforehand. 
And, uh, and, uh, and Lord, we do that. Sometimes we, we automatically just assume, God, that we're doing what you'd have us to do. And when, when we're not, we could actually be getting ourselves a long way off path thinking that we're in, in your will. And uh, so, Lord, turn us around. I don't know what you've got to do right now, but you're speaking this message to someone here today. So if we're going the wrong way, turn us back around. Get us back on path where we're supposed to be. And uh, help us, Lord, in that making up of lost ground. I mean, I don't know about the rest of them, but I've, I've stalled out a number of times. I've stopped, started, stopped, started, got wandering around, doing my own thing way too many times. And so, Lord, I just come to you now. I'm asking you to put that dream into our hearts, Lord. We'll let, let our thoughts, let our dreams be be what your dreams we know that the heart is deceptively wicked and who can know it i'm i know i'm prone to to selfishness and and and, and selfish desires and, and coveting and all of these kind of things but oh god i we desire lord more than anything we covet your will is what we covet we want you to be leading us in the way that we should go and so directing our steps and in, in, in those those sort of things lord i can come up with all kinds of crazy notions lord of things i would like to do but lord first foremost i'd much rather be right where you would have me to be doing uh what you would have me to do so god that's what we seek and we believe your word we we think on this and we we believe it that god that you will direct our steps and so lord believing that we just come to you saying direct our steps do i turn right or do i turn left do i or which way would you have me go and god will let you show us the way and which to go and uh, and lord uh, order the steps order the steps that we have the, the direction lord of this church everything god we just lay that before you it's not ours it's yours we got to we got to put it in in lockstep uh, with you by faith just believing god you're going to get us to where we're supposed to be i feel like i'm kind of stalled out even at the moment need to get back up again and just like you just like you spoke to joshua get up you know get up what are you doing here kind of a thing and uh, and help us to realize our our mistakes Realize our errors, a sanctify ourselves, a sanctify ourselves, and repent, and uh, and find that course, God, that path that you'd have us to be on. Lord, I, I, show me what to do. Show me what to do. Show us what to do. Shows these that are here today, God, what to do. We ask you, God, believing you're going to tell us, you're going to show us. So show us. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.